You're listening to Bariatric Life Podcast, a podcast about weight loss surgery. Chris and I are not doctors, nor have we ever played one on TV. We are sharing our personal views and opinions only. Please always follow your doctor's advice. Follow us on Instagram at Bariatric Life Podcast and at Amanda's BSG. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are so excited to announce a new partnership with Titan Nutrition. They have proteins, vitamins, pre-workouts, and superfoods. Their proteins come in flavors like peanut butter fudge and snickerdoodle. Mmm, snickerdoodle's my favorite. And they have 24 grams of protein. Go to titannutrition.net and use code bariatriclife for 10% off your order and get free shipping. Again, that is titannutrition.net and discount code bariatric life, all one word. Hello and welcome to Bariatric Life Podcast. This is Amanda. And this is Chris. And today we're talking to Safi. Thanks for being here today. Lovely to be here. Now tell us, where are you from? I am from London. I'm from very cold and rainy London in England. <laughs> it's cold and rainy here too. Yeah. Oh, oh. I always assume America's going to be really hot and uh, you know all the time, but I know America's huge, so yeah. <laughs> right now it's pretty drizzly and and gross. Yeah. In the summer oh. it gets hot and humid, but we're in that in-between time where one day is really, really hot, and the next day is really, really cold, and you just can't figure out how to dress. Well, we have that in a, in a day um, in England. We have four seasons in, in a day. So, yeah, no, that's, you know, it's quite regular here. You, in the morning, you think it's summer, then it's winter, then it's spring. And <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you never know what to wear. Yeah. Yep. And um, go ahead and give us your Instagram handle so everybody can follow you. Um, you can find me on Gastric Mindset. Um, and- yeah, on Instagram. And I've also got, I've started a podcast, but my editing, I, I haven't got, um, I haven't figured out really what to do with it, but it's called Overcoming the Diet Mindset. And I think I've got four episodes and I'm still trying to work it out. So yeah, you could find me over there as well. Awesome. I love that title. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's definitely something I'm still trying to do, but yeah. So that's the hope. And I just want everybody to come along with my journey as I try to overcome um, uh, my diet mindsets. And it's all about my journey of trying to find long term weight loss success and healing my mind and body at the same time mm-hmm. um so i just thought i'll bring everybody along with me so yeah i love it that's what we did too fantastic it's so much better doing it together right yeah we have a lot of fun amazing yeah so yeah that's that's i was just looking at my instagram and i think i started it on the 11th of march last year so 
it's been great for a year so far, so I'm quite proud of myself that I've been consistent somewhat. <laughs> and then I know you had two surgeries. Which one did you have yes. first? So, so yes, I had um, a gastric band fitted in 2015. Um, and then I had two pregnancies after that. And it, it suddenly just went. So I had lost a lot of weight and it was really good. It was really working out. And then I got pregnant and I had to get... I don't know if you're familiar with it. I think you guys call it a lap band, actually, rather than a gastric mm. band. But um, it was a lot of putting liquid fluid in and out and um, a lot of messing about. But I had it done purely because it was cheaper. Um, and then I thought it would also be more, um, I don't know, it would just be a healthier way, especially because I was planning to have children. So... Um, I did that in 2015. But if I can, I just go back a tiny bit on my story. Um, ah, fantastic. So my story with weight issues or weight um, weight struggles started at a very young age, and I think it's got it's got a usually it's not just a one time event of weight gain and that's it. But for me, I've um, just doing a lot of work around therapy and taking the time to really understand you know what 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 happened and where did it or what was the catalyst I realized that um even though I live in England and I'm British but my descent is African and um we fled a war-torn country uh, in the late 80s early 90s and my mother with four of my siblings had to get up one night and the bombs were you know I don't know if you've seen Black Hawk Down but that's exactly we were living in that time in that country, and um, and as a I think seven year old fleeing in the middle of the night, and people were coming and taking our neighbours. You know, the army was coming and um, abducted people in the middle of the night, killing people and so on. Anyway, so it was very grim. If you can imagine in the movies, it's very much like that. And we would walk for days to get to the next village and so on. And then um, eventually we landed um, in Ethiopia, which is just the country next door um, to Somalia. And then um, we was we were put in a in it, it was almost like a you know a prison, and we barely had any space. And all I can remember is water and bread being thrown, um, perhaps twice a day. And I remember I think that's where that food desert. That's where my relationship with food or food scarcity really started. And then we came to England and it was great, but then we, we I discovered very quickly that carbohydrates were my best friend. They made me feel really good. If in a, it, you know, we came to a total different culture. Everybody sounded different, everybody looked different. Everything was, you know, we, it was just so different. And I think we call it chips here, but you guys call it fries. But if you've ever, t I don't know, if you've ever been to an Irish pub and tasted proper English chips, mm -hmm. um, that was our first meal in England. And I said, that's when my love for carbohydrates started. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like, it was like, a, it was like an embrace of, you know, everything else was so scary, but that potato that was fried is just so my my love for that started and food then became my my best friend um it became you know my entertainment it became everything because school was very difficult i was i missed a lot of my formative years and then and then i was also on top of that as i learned later i ha i have dyslexia and dyspraxia 
So coming to a whole new country, missing all the formative years. Um, I don't, you know, it's very similar, I guess, to the US, how the schooling works, but we start at five. And I, I got here about eight years old. So we missed the whole, you know, whole big chunk where you learn how to read and write, really. Right. Um, so school was really difficult. My mother's mental health had deep. And she must have gone through a lot as an adult, seen a lot, you know. Um, I don't want to be too grim, guys, but, you know, we drove in the middle of the night with, you know, and you would see both side of the road. And I was a child, so I can't imagine what she had to go through with all that responsibility. Um, so her mental health declined and I had to grow up very quickly and become um, almost a second mom to my siblings. Um, so I learned how to, you know, how to cook and how to, very young age, and I learned how to make, you know, food was our favorite activity because we knew that's what we had. We didn't have anything else. So, um, and then I fast forward um, into my teen years. You know, I, I, I have money and, and then I can really have stuff I want. All the, uh, I think you guys call it vending machines. You know, we had those in school, so. I would go and buy loads of, you know, all the yummy stuff that we, we, we couldn't afford, you know, we didn't have at home or didn't have enough of. Um, and then, so that kind of, that relationship with food kind of continued until, or oh, then I discovered that everybody was very conscious about their weight. And by this time I was, you know, I was, I was overweight. Um, and then, you know, kids started noticing and, goodness me I you know I was I had the you know I was a different color I I sounded different you know I was like the easiest target and I was fat I was like the easiest target you know for bullies so I kind of went through that um in my you know in my in my teens and then I discovered you know I needed to become strong so and also I was masking my disability I guess and didn't want to wasn't applying myself at school because it was difficult. Um, so I would spend the whole day being exhausted, pretending to be somebody I wasn't. But in the night, I knew I could come home and eat so much, as much as I could find. And then during the day, I would also have all, you know, I would have, I remember a teacher um, coming up to me, saying to me, oh, Safi, I could see in the morning that you were eating, and we call it crisp. What do you guys call it? Um, Chips. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what was it? Uh, yeah, so we, I, the little pack, so I would have, I had one in each pocket and that was for breakfast. But school didn't really, we didn't really talk about weight in in those days. Um, and, you know, school dinners was also amazing. I loved it. And I, um, I don't know, you know, it's like the cafeteria, but our cafeteria is like the way it is in the movies in, in America, but it's a lot of custard and a lot of mash and a lot of like, oh, lovely lovely carbohydrates sugar and all the amazingness um and then anyway then fast forward I start to work I start to have more money and then but I notice weight becomes such a big thing and in the 90s you know it was magazine after magazine and and I used to watch things like you know um what clueless and all those kind of lovely American imports as well um Anyway, so I just wanted to be skinny, and as I got older, um, I started working. So I started then going down that whole yo-yo dieting. I tried every single diet you could ever imagine. Um, and the more money I got, the more I wanted it to be, because I thought the harder it was, the more likely that it, it would work. 
Um, so, uh, you know, I spent about 10 years, possibly 15 years, just yo-yo dieting, losing the same, um, I know you guys use, you don't use pounds, but, um, you know, use, losing the same, I don't know, 30 pounds, putting on double, losing again. I definitely had disordered eating a lot, yeah, a lot of the time, even binge eating. I did have a window of bulimia also in that in that in that time um but i was overweight so even when i did go see the doctor he just laughed me out of the you know out of his office and and then gave me antidepressants which was helpful not but anyway so yeah so that was my medical i was asking for help about my weight and that's what the medical you know they gave me anyway so then i just kind of continued looking for the next the next thing online, Pinterest, I spent years just searching, searching. And then by this time, I think in 2014, my weight was at its highest. And um, uh, what was it? Over, I think maybe 115 pounds. No, that's, that's not enough. Oh, kg, 100, 115 kg. I don't know if you guys can convert that, but it was. It was and, <laughs> yeah. And I'm only like, I, I'm only 5'4" which is, I think, 173 or something. But I'm not tall at all by any stretch of the imagination. And it started really impacting on my, um, you know, I had sciatica, I was really struggling to walk. I was getting really depressed. And by this time, I had fully fetched. I would starve myself all day, then I would binge all night. And it was horrible. I would, you know, I would have gone on holiday. I wouldn't see my friends. And then I thought one day, that's it. I'm I'm going to get and I, all I remember about what anybody ever saying about weight loss surgery was getting your mouth something stapled. I don't know if at any point anybody stapled their mouth or just a it was just a story you know wives tell out there. But anyway, I looked into it and with the NHS, um, with the National Health Service here, it's really different to the way it works with you guys. So, um, be, it's free if you meet if you meet the criteria, for example, and if it, you have to wait for almost two years and jump through all sorts of ridiculous hoops. And then by then I was just exhausted. I, I had no I had no more energy to kind of go through um, all these hoops. So then I decided I was gonna go abroad. So a lot of British people, like the American, like, you know, you got, people go to Mexico. Uh -huh. A lot of British people go to Turkey. Yeah, but I I didn't go to Turkey. I went to Belgium because I thought Belgium was a bit, you know, I still was concerned. I knew the, you know, serious serious um operation, and it was a little bit cheaper. So I went to Belgium for my gastric band. But it was literally, um, I visited them in London for one one. I think it was one appointment, maybe one and a half hours. We had a chat. Yep, and you know they told me where to pay, where to send the money. And then I was off to have my operation. So I had no psychological assessment. I had nothing. Nobody spoke to me about anything, nothing at all. Um, so, yep, I hipped and hopped on the, you know, on the train and then went to Belgium and had the operation. Um, I wish somebody told me about all the side effects. and But I was losing weight and it was fine. And, and as I said, I got pregnant. And, but then it got to the point that, I, I would wake up in the night almost choking in my own saliva uh -huh. and the acid got so, so bad 
that I, I can't live like this. I, and the doctor went to my GP and then he said, you can erode your esophagus. I can never pronounce that. Um, and then that really scared me. So so then I just decided I was going to, you know, go, go, go and get it out. Whether I didn't know what I wanted to do next, because I was still keeping off about four stones, and I had regain after each pregnancy and would lose some, um, and then knowing I think I had done a lot of research, um, between two thousand fifteen and two thousand seventeen when I had my daughter and I had more time at home, and realized something's missing here. I, I'm seeing a trend on social media. I mean, I'm engrossed in these groups now. And why is nobody keeping the weight off? Or why is everybody still struggling? Uh-huh. Even though this was the thing that was going to sort all of us out. Like this was the thing I pinned all my hopes on. And then I started thinking, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, by profession, I'm a qualified social worker, so I know a lot about, you know, behavior change and stuff. You know, about I, even though I work in more child protection, I, I have an idea. I, you know, um, it was part of my my first degree, um, so I, I, I don't know, it's just something clicked that I need, I need psychological support. I need there's something that's that's triggering this it's not about i i'm just compelled to eat it's not about i'm just greedy what is that's what society or the diet industry has now made me believe i got brainwashed to believe that yeah i'm just greedy right why can't i just why can't i just eat less and move more hey that's what everybody else does right and for a long time i believed that i believed that you know why can't i lose you know, and in England, we would have all these magazines, and I'm sure it's the same, especially just before summer. You would get your bikini body, lose a stone in six weeks, and I was like, yes. But in my head, I thought everybody could just do it, lose a stone and get their beach body before they go away on holiday. So with that kind of mentality, really, like, really, my head has, you know, that industry has really got into my head. I really believe that everything that was wrong with me in my life was to do with my fat. Um, all my problems were to do with my weight. Everything was because I was lazy. I was a couch potato. I just couldn't be bothered. I just should move more. And, and you know, so, but, but at this point, I could probably, you know, have a PhD on what you should eat and, I know everything because I've read every diet book and I've, I've been on every diet. So anyway, at this point, I realized there's something going on. So I tried to look for a psychotherapist who specializes in bariatric surgery or people who have struggled with weight. And all I can find is, you know, eating disorders. And I was like, there must be somebody who deals with... So I email loads of different people. And also therapy in this country is really difficult to get. You know, you can get it free on the NHS, but you have to wait also another huge uh, waiting list of two years. You only get six sessions. It, you know, you guys have almost got it better in the sense that if you've got the insurance, you, you can access it and, you know, but yeah. here it's very different and you have to pay a lot of money for private therapy. Anyway, um, but I was willing to pay the money. I, I, at this point in 2008, I was really willing to pay. Um, but I couldn't find anybody. And so by this time, I had made up my mind that I know now I've read a lot, a lot. I know about childhood trauma. By this time, I know about um, adverse childhood experiences, how that's all connected. 
I I I go on every you know I watch every YouTube video everything I can learn about um obesity and epigenetics and environment and why you know because my mom also was struggling with her weight you know for 20 years and and by this point so then um I decided to go and go and ha- go back to the same people and have um take it out and but we but um um ah, make it into um a gastric by a mini gastric bypass mm-hmm. because I couldn't trust myself with nothing right because uh, I knew this was really deep deep rooted and I knew at this point I food is almost an addiction for me especially those chemical food the sugar the coke the all all that kind of stuff so anyway I had that change and then as soon as I came back I I found a therapist and ever since then I I'm now doing my second year of training as a especially a psychotherapist but specializing in behavioral change and my plan is to support people who you know been through my journey and um yeah so my plan is to you know I guess we try to figure out the things we haven't been able to figure out for ourselves for other people so it's to be there for that sassy that was overwhelmed and in 2021 sadly my mother passed away of comorbidities after being after you know being obese and not being able to be to move for over 20 years literally being wheelchair bound um and then that strengthened my resolve and my mission in order for me to make sure that other people don't go through this you know don't go through this alone and and then yeah so that's my journey guys so were you ever able to find somebody that specialized in bariatric i i i i finally found her so i'm still working with her and she's to work it, it, she's to work for the nhs uh, and be part of the team that used to assist people before they had bariatric surgery and now we have long you know she thinks it's all inadequate none of it is enough it's all just a bit of plaster um and ultimately people don't receive the 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 therapy that they need in order to be really successful long term so yeah so I am curious though with your band did you have somebody locally that would adjust it? it yeah so there's a nurse that they connected us to. So she, I would go and see her. And it would be like £80 a go. So um, she'll fill it out for me. And then it, it, obviously with, you know, with that need to kind of be, I you know, have it really, if it's, if, I guess I got really used to the fact that if something was if something was really hard, then it would work better. So I I would make sure she, it was quite tight. And when she we used to drink, she would make me drink water at, in the waiting room. And when um, and I would say to her, no, it's fine. She would ask me, is the water going down? Okay, I was like, yep, that's fine. Because I I was I guess I had that mentality of wanting to punish myself almost. Be like, you know, you're so greedy. This way, at least you can't eat, you can't eat food. So I and it wouldn't. I would I would have to come back two days later, and then get, pay almost the same amount to have the water re- taken out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You bring up something interesting though about how, um, oh, the thought just ran out. Yeah. I hate when. That yeah. Happens. It will come back. It will come back. <laughs> about how if it's harder, it will work better. 
Mm. Yeah, mm. like pain equals success, mm. or you yep. earned it. Yes, <clears throat> and you did it the right way. And I guess that's a that's a bit of a guilt. And I'm, you know, I don't have that anymore. Of you're cheating. You know, it, it feeds into that narrative of oh, you have you have weight loss surgery. You cheated. Uh, you know, I so I need it to be hard in order to be like I I was it was I was worthy and it's something to do yeah. with, yeah. yeah. I know I know that feeling. A, mm. a really interesting take on that. I, yeah, I appreciate that. No. Did you when you were overweight? Did you have any health conditions that have now improved? Um, I had I was pre-diabetic and that's. And that uh, and that's improved. So I'm in remission, and also I, like I said to you, not before um, I had the gastric band, I was struggling to walk. But within within before I returned home, so that was maybe two days, I could walk because I guess that initial first bit of weight loss had re whatever it was that was I guess I had to get something was sitting on a on a nerve, had disappeared, and I felt so much better. Before that, I had horrible GERD, um, acid reflux, and that had got so much better until we returned at the end because of the gastric band. But that automatically cleared itself for a while. Um, but I just felt really unwell with the, with the gastric band, and I know not a lot of people do it anymore. Um, and but I know you know I have friends that almost died and had to be. You know, I had to go, go, have emergency surgery to have it out. So it definitely wasn't that bad with me. But I, you know, waking up at two o'clock in the morning, choking on my own saliva was just so scary for me. Yeah, I just didn't want to. Yeah, sure. yeah. So uh, how much weight and did you end up losing all together? Yeah. <laughs> um, who's got that calculator? So all together, I've lost about eight stones. That's quite... It's fourteen pounds in a stone. Mm. You're making me do math. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I should have worked this out. In my quite... fourteen pounds in a stone, so a hundred and something pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good. That's a good guess. Yeah. So I'm pretty. I'm pretty content where I am. Um, I could, you know, in an ideal world, I could do with having some plastic done, but I'm certainly not in a rush to do that because I know there's a lot of things I need to, first of all, work out and more my working out, being comfortable with who I am and learning to love myself as I am rather than just, I don't want to be chasing that idea or society's ideal of, um, which has driven me all these years and now I, I've taken that power back. I'm almost like, well, F you, I have new skin, so what? Yeah, really? <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, so I'm totally fine w- with it and I know, and I, I, no judgment to anybody else that, you know, obviously gets it done, but yeah, I'm not in a rush um, to go under the knife just for the sake of, I don't know, just having a, you know, for me, it just will be a matter of because it's not causing me any. It's not really getting in my way, so it just be more. Of, I want a flat stomach because I can wear a bikini or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite non-scale victory during 
during all of this? Um, I I think in a weird way for somebody that's craved all these years to um to be able to wear whatever I want, that was the least satisfying thing. Yeah. Um, but I I just think the most satisfying the, the thing that I've enjoyed the most is being able to be more physical and run around with my children. Um, I think that's the most. And I think the first time I actually went out for a bit of a jog, I was like, oh my God, this is so much easier. This is wild. Um, so I think that's, I think being active is what, what what's made me, you know, what's meant the most to me compared to what I thought would be the thing to make me the happiest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, certainly I was all wrong about that. And I, you know, I, I really thought the world, the day that Safi got skinny, it would be like, you know, the light would, I don't know, the heavens would open and everybody would stop. And, you know, I, I don't know what, the, I, you know, I thought, but nothing really changed. I still had, life was still, you know, life and still had to go to work and sort everything <laughs> else out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Do you track uh, your your food at all? I I don't because I'm tr- I'm moving away from the obsessiveness and I'm trying to be intuitive. I I very early on that st- on that on that on that you know on that journey of really listening to or I because for so long I had no idea when I was hungry. I had no idea I wasn't really enjoying food. I'm really trying to get in tune with my own body and really build that relationship of trust. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to be really intuitive, but then almost look at it from a place of, and I'm not there by any stretch of the imagination, but really look at food as something that I need just for nutrition and because I love myself and it's because I want to have the best energy and I want to be as healthy as possible. So rather really have a really neutral um, feelings towards it rather than, because for a while I was like, oh, goodness me, you know, I must log everything and I must, um, but and after going down loads of rabbit holes, mm-hmm. I, I realized actually having, you know, demonizing food doesn't work for me and I don't want to. And if I want to have a, a glass of coke then I will and that's fine because it just it just it's just a drink it's not a big deal um so I'm taking away I'm just neutralizing my my relationship with food I just need to take something I do but 80% of the time I work hard and trying to maintain my energy level and you know make sure it's the nutrition good quality really I just read a book the other day, and mm-hmm. excuse my language, but this is the name of the book, but it's called uh-huh. The Fuck It Diet. <laughs> I think I've heard of it, yeah. And that's basically what she's talking about in that book, was how to change your relationship with the food itself in that it's just neutral. It's yeah. not, it's not something bad. It's not something good. It's here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think because we, we spent so many years, this is bad, I'm bad, they're naughty, this is naughty, I, for the love of God, you know, and I think from a place of now that I, now, you know, understanding, um, now, you know, what I guess through my studies, I'm learning about, you know, having more compassion towards myself, 
accepting work with different parts of myself and just, you know, treating myself like the way I would treat other people. Yeah. Which means if somebody, if my best friend ordered a can of Coke, for example, you know, I love Coke, so all my, all my examples will be of full fat Coke. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the things I say in my head to my best friend. Number one, she would tell me where the heck to go. Right. And number two, like, okay, it's got sugar, big deal. Like, it's not the end of the world. And I think that whole bad, good, you're bad, and ultimately, you know, you label, you're, you're labeling yourself. It just seeps into I'm being bad, I'm being naughty, I'm being bad. I've fallen off the wagon. I, it's always, it's the numb. Just, You've had in one meal. Not it's not it's not nothing's gonna happen either way. Tomorrow we make a different choice. Tomorrow we make a better choice, and that that's it. That's what I'm we and you know I, like I said I'm definitely not there yet, but that's my that's what I'm working towards, and that's yeah, and that's what I think the therapist I would like to be with is that I think when I first found my therapist and I was like oh. And I had a really stressful day at work and I called her and I was like, oh my God, I can't help myself. I've got a bottle of Coke in my hand. And um, she's like, okay. <laughs> and, and you, she's like, All right. And then we discussed a lot and then and we just, you know, she's like, it's actually, it's all about self-care. It's all about, it's all about how you talk to yourself, how you nurture yourself, how you look after yourself, your boundaries and you know, demanding space and demanding respect from other people, then I will, ah, I have a problem with boundaries. I have a problem with people pleasing. I have a problem with, you know, I guess as a child, we had to grow up really quickly. Yeah. I wasn't able to, I, I had to be almost a comedian to kind of figure out what was happening with my mom and pacify her and manage her emotions. And then I kind of continued that throughout my adulthood and brought that in. And I, I guess that's what then when my manager was kicking off, instead of standing up for myself, I was like, where's the, where's the chocolate? Yeah. So a lot of it was when I first, you know, we did nothing that I had assumed we were going to do. We, did, we barely talked about food. Yeah. But, and I was like, you know, when I think when I realised, why are we not? Why are we not talking about food? And I always wanted somebody to give me a meal plan, and that's what I was desperate for, and an exercise plan. And now looking back, well, I could have googled a meal plan or write one up myself because I, you know, I. But I, I feel like that was the answer. Somebody giving me a meal plan was the answer. Yeah, it, it was never really about the food. Well, I, I think a lot of the the best conversations we have are where we get rid of the taboo of this or you know the the predisposition or the the biases of yeah. something else like i think especially in the weight loss community there even from from the outside looking in and then even inside the community i think there's a lot of things that people want and or need to discuss but it's just there, there's a, a air of, yeah. of mysticism or taboo around it. Nobody, nobody talks about it. So I've, I've loved talking about that today. 
Oh, fantastic, fantastic. I think a lot of times, for example, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm in all the Facebook groups and, and I, I, I feel so sad when I hear somebody saying, I'm going back to a diet club, whatever diet club it is or whatever, or keto. I'm like, oh, man, you've put your life at risk. You've, you know, you, you've gone under the knife and now you're going back to what you've done again and again and again and it never worked. And I, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like I just want to cuddle everybody and be like, we've got to find a better way and there's a better way than just these people's whole business plan is on reoccurring, you know, custom. I'm sure I've heard that Weight Watchers actually have a business plan on reoccurring customers that, that they know. That would not surprise me at all. I've done Weight Watchers at least four times. And, and and those people will re, they will fight you for it. And there's one called Slimmer World here, and I don't know if the, he ever came to America, but it's very much on the same kind of you know we all go to a room, we all go to a hall, and we all get weighed and we discuss why they call it sins and why how many sins you had and it's almost it is almost like that. it's almost like you're going to church and be like I'm sorry I ate I went out and I ate too much and next week I'll do better and. And everybody would be like, oh, terrible person you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I guess we have to, I guess we have to know better to do better, right? And, but yeah, and I do see that a lot. And a lot of the obsession with the protein shakes as well. Like, have the protein by all means, because obviously we need to keep those muscles, you know. But, we're almost going into that. And I don't know if you've ever tried Cambridge diet or any of those shakes. I think there's loads of shakes, variations of shakes. I had four shakes a day for about six months. Yeah. I had lost so much weight, but I had, I had never gained weight back so quickly. My body I, must I be like... It's over. It just it comes back twice as fast as it disappeared. Yes. And, and now learning about our brain and our hormones, obviously the body was like, shit, we're going to die. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It goes, it goes into that survival mode. Yes. As soon as it's done, it's like, okay, we need to store this shit away yes. Yes. for the next time that happens. Yeah. It's like a famine must have totally happened. Yeah. Well, that was a clear, you know, so the body, and you know, now I know that actually then your body starts to release. So, your body's also, even with weight loss surgery, your body is, is you know, is ramping up all those um, hormones. We're like, okay, we're gonna make them hungrier because, you know, because it's worried, it wants to go back to where we've been for so long. So, I think, yeah, education is the key, but then. Who's going to provide that education at one point? Because I know before I had surgery, I don't know about you guys, I was desperate. I didn't care who was saying what. Who was, I needed that operation. Yeah. So my ears would never have been open at that stage. Yeah. That, that's how much it was at the, the too little, too late. Mm, point. Mm, mm, mm. So I really almost, you almost have to go. It's really bad. I think almost have to go through the the ups and downs to be like, ah, oh, something something's off here. Let me and then, but by then, do you know? I guess for people that have gone through the the ups and downs of weight loss and weight gain and already feel like 
a failure and already feel like inadequate to have another failed procedure you know it just it's just it's just crap that there's no way you could be like oh stop stop just let, let's just think about this first and then we'll, we can do it but first of all have a good think about what's going on for you and what else is deep you know needs attention what else is going on you know what else so yeah so yeah so it's, not, it's you know it's a hard one isn't it it is it is there is a lot of mental work that goes into it and I just recently started seeing a therapist and it has been helping tremendously good good and I think you guys get it better because I think your process is with at least with the therapist is longer I guess for even just insurance purposes how long was yours well we have an option through our work at most Mm -hmm. employers where you can get like five to six free sessions and then with my insurance it kicked in after those free sessions and I can just go as many times as I want and just pay the session fee. Yeah. Pay the fee, which is pretty reasonable. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. So what do you think the barrier is for, I guess we could, you know, for Americans, why do you, what's the barrier? Where's, do you think they lose the weight? Our medical system is shit and everything costs too damn much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I mean, it's a whole like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ours is going down that way as well as we speak, anyway. So I don't know. Anyway, yeah. yeah so. A whole lot involved. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. And, mm. and then, you know, once, once you finally get the insurance company to agree to pay for it, then process by itself is about six months and then after that you know it's actually pay they're like okay we'll pay for 30 percent of this $135,000 surgery and you're like okay but that still leaves me on the hook for and I exaggerated but not by much look and you're like I'm still on the hook for 80 grand to, to pay for this and then you know just like in Mexico and Belgium and Turkey it's yeah far more reasonably priced yeah 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 and it's terrible because in for example in Turkey there's women that are going to get a, you know mummy transformation in the process and you think oh my goodness me for the fraction of the price if somebody's and there's all sorts of jobs like almost you know horrible stories coming out but people are just desperate and if they can't afford it here and the NHS is going to make them go around in circles then what do you people are just desperate so it's just it's really sad from my own personal experience in at the, with the insurance that I had at the time they wouldn't pay for any kind of bariatric surgery at all wow. but out wouldn't and it was going to cost $30,000 and wow. we couldn't afford that. So I went to Mexico and paid mm. part of that and mm. it was a great experience, but I also didn't have any of the nutrition kind of backup or the psychological backup, anything like that. So like there, there are things, and cons. yeah, there's things that you miss out on by going out of the country. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. I, you know, they, they when I left, since I left the hospital, um, and got on that train, I've never heard from them again. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like bye. Yep. Make sure, make sure you don't faint on your way home. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. Let's know you got home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. And <laughs> that's the last time I heard from them. That's it, and I think that's a lot of experience of a lot of people. But in a way, in a bizarre way, the NHS ends up having to pick up in here anyway. It ends up picking up for all the bad jobs done abroad. Yeah. And the long-term complications. Yeah. So if you're gonna have to deal with that anyway, you might as well just let everybody have it. You know make the process easier so I, it makes no sense it's just it, nothing makes sense anyway everything's so reactive anyway, everything's so you know we're not into prevention and I think that's something I want to concentrate on after I finish my education also is actually early intervention because in this country we've got a problem with with childhood obesity and I think early intervention is the key and also how that's dealt with because I think we're gonna otherwise if you're not dealt with sensibly then it will take a, a child down and a lifetime of yo-yo dieting and ultimately you know end up where we are and just so I think that's really important the early bit of catching a, a child yeah like what what's going on for them what's going on for them and so yeah so that's that's my you know this my new life work dedicated it now to it but yeah so that's my long-term plans. Well, that's brilliant. I love it. Thank you. I hope you are able to do some good there. I hope so too. And I, I you know, I think people are willing to listen, but we're against a huge machine that makes a lot, of, lot of, lot of money out of the, you know, the misery of people um, with weight, you know, with weight struggles. So that kind of machine, I don't know, and uh, you know, obviously with all the new medication as well, I don't, you know, there's some, I guess there's a whole episode by itself, but you know, I don't know, it's, 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 it's no, what can we say? Yeah. Well, we've really enjoyed chatting with you today, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. I know well, it's the- late over there, or at least. Uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's six, only 16 minutes past 10. It's no, thank you so much for having me. I remember when I, I was listening to your podcast, and um, and I love listening to everybody's stories and everything you have. And and we, so you only had two percent, you had two percent listeners from the UK. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I, this is my calling because I was thinking about next year doing you know, hopefully coming on some podcasts and stuff while I grow my one, but um. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is divine intervention. <laughs> well, when we, were, when we were talking about it and getting ready for everything, I was like, oh, oh, we're finally international. <laughs> That's really exciting. So yeah, did you say you have somebody in Australia? Did you say you interviewed somebody in Australia? I, I feel like I heard that on the, or you, you know, there was something about Australia, but definitely, or you have a listener in Australia, I don't know. But yeah, maybe in Australia is next. I don't, the time difference there must be, bonkers yeah right <laughs> well and we had daylight savings time kicked in today for for the u.s so we've we've just been all over the map time wise i'm wow yeah my little head my brain can't work out america i've been to miami um and that's all i've done in america i spent too long in miami i should have traveled mm-hmm. around two whole weeks in miami I, you know, just, it was way too long but <laughs> 
I was too scared to drive on the other side of the road, and the road is so big and uh, yeah. scary. But yeah, I'm terrified of about we're looking at going uh, to London and and various parts of the UK uh, uh, for a coming uh, vacation, you know, in a couple of years. And I was like, I'm not driving. I'm not doing it. I, I, it's a lot safer here than there. I trust. Oh, oh, I believe that. I believe that. But <laughs> I, like, I don't know what this zigzagging line means. I'm on road. Like, I'm. I'm just going but, to get skills. But I got something. That by the time you probably make it, they're probably going to ban all cars. They, especially in London, uh, you know, they make it a nightmare to drive. So there'll probably be no cars anyway. So you could just walk around freely with the rest of us. But yeah, well, look me up when you come to London and I'll show you all around, guys. Can I have some fish and chips? We appreciate talking to you. You too. Thank you so much. Take care. You, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.